Hello, folks. This is Sinclair, the old man, and I'm with um, Pastor Greg Marinelli, young, very bright, intellectual, sophisticated, <laughs> and has a wonderful... How did you get... Well, anyway, we're not going to talk about Linda. We're going to talk about Linda again. I want to tell a story that, um, that I promised... I, I guess I promised the Lord I would tell. And you're going to have to bear with me on this, okay? Because there's a lot of details in it, a lot of ramifications in it. And, and I just want you to listen. And it's my story. And I, Greg, I have no control over these eyes. So whenever I tell this story, I always start crying. In late 70s, um, Sherry and I got married. I'm 11 years older than Sherry. We went back and forth. On, I'm going to make a long, long story short. Back and forth on whether we should have a baby or not. Because I already had two children from a previous marriage. And uh, we couldn't decide what to do. And to make, you know, and, and, and here's another dynamic. God had just saved my wretched soul. And, um, and I had, um, we were going to Bible study and all of a sudden life was beginning to change for me and everything was beginning to change. And we couldn't decide, you know, well, if we have a baby, then we're stuck with a baby till the baby's 18 or 19 or 21 years old. If we don't have a baby, we're free to do what we want, you know, back and forth. And we couldn't decide on what to do. So I was in my, we were living in Tennessee down in the hollow and Sherry was up front watching TV and I was back in the room, hopefully reading scripture. I don't know what I was doing, but anyway, this voice came into my head and to this day, I don't really understand. I don't, I really don't understand, I don't understand because the voice said, you're depriving someone of eternal life. And I said, I don't do that. That's not my job. I don't deprive anyone of eternal, of eternal life. So I don't know where that came from because generally if you get a word from the Lord, it's got to line up with scripture. And so I went up front and I said, Sherry, I, I guess I just got a word that we're, maybe we're supposed to have a baby. So she said, okay. So we set out to have a baby. Well, pretty soon she started having morning sickness and she was working in a dental office there. And I said, well, ask the ladies there, who is a good OGBYN? Is that what it is? And so she did. So she went to the doctor and she came home and said, I'm pregnant. The baby's due in September or something. And so she called her mother and told her, and then she started going back for um, checkups. And so the doc she began to spot. She was spotting. So the doctor said, okay, um, you're a borderline miscarriage. Next time you come, bring your husband with you. So I went in and he said, okay, she's a borderline miscarriage. If she starts bleeding bad, bring her in immediately. So one night she woke me up at like at two o'clock in the morning, I'm bleeding bad. So I got her in the car and I took her to Franklin, Tennessee and got her in there and, uh, and to make a long story short, she they had a DNC, which is a therapeutic abortion. Now just hold your horses. There was no baby. So the doctor came out and I was sitting in the waiting room and the doctor came out and said, okay, uh, your wife's had a DNC, which is therapeutic abortion. She had a mole pregnancy. Now I've, I probably told this story to a hundred different people, individuals, and only maybe one or two of them ever heard of a mole pregnancy, but there's no baby involved in it. It's some sort of growth and all the symptoms of pregnancy are there. And he said, well, she had a mole pregnancy and, um, but, but we got it. And he, he said, now, now I'm going to give you some numbers. I wouldn't swear that they're accurate, but they're probably within 10%. He said out of every thousand women that get pregnant, maybe five, six, seven, maybe 10, get a mole pregnancy. He said, now out of every thousand women that get a mole pregnancy, seven, eight, nine, 10, get cancer. He said, don't worry about it. I said, I won't. So we went home, make a long story short. She doubled up on the floor. They left some of the, of the mole pregnancy in her uterus and they had to take it out. 
So uh, he said, um, uh, after, after he came out again, he said, I want her to start coming back. We're going to do a blood check, make sure she don't have cancer. I said, okay. So she started, she went back in, have her blood drawn. And so um, I went back in with her and doctor came out, sat down beside me and said, Sinclair, I've got something to tell you. I said, okay, your wife's got cancer in her lungs and in her uterus. Now here I am, a young, a baby Christian, doing what I think God has called me to do. Have a baby, and my wife has cancer. He said, don't worry about it. 75% cure rate. I said, okay, I won't worry about it. So anyway, she starts going back for chemotherapy, and, and Greg, if the cancer don't kill you, the chemo will, especially yep. in the Same 70s. Yeah. So she'd come home and she'd say, the doctors say one more treatment, they wipe it up. So she'd do the one more treatment, and they say, well, it jumped back up again. And I think mm-hmm. we did that a couple times. And uh, we'd go out and celebrate every time she'd come home and say that. Oh, oh it's going to be over. It's going to be over. Now, I never, I was, people say, how's Sherry? And I say, well, she got cancer, pray for her. We were in a sort of a charismatic Bible study, you know, the uh, don't confess negative things, you know. She's healed in the name of Jesus. But I never did that. I just said, she's sick as a dog, you know, pray for her. So this was going on and going on. Now here, folks, I want to explain to you, and I'm not proud of this, but I just want to tell you something. In my growth, in my growth in grace, we lived down in the hall, and I was so mad at God. Here I was, a baby believer. I had just learned that scripture in Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 8, 28th verse. Now, therefore, we know that all things work together for good. Those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I was so mad. We talked about faith. <laughs> I was so mad. We, we lived down in Holly. You just have to imagine. We had to go up the hill, got to the top of the hill. And I got out of my truck. Me. Got out of my truck, shaking my fist at the heavens. How's this going to work for good? How's this going to work for good? Got back in the truck and went on about my business. I had two or three jobs. I mean, we didn't have insurance. I didn't have a job. By the time it was over, I had like three jobs. You know, people in the, in the community made up money. People in church made up money. My mother sent me money. I almost made a profit on it. That's not really true, but it's... And so um, this was going on and going on and going on. And so her mother came up from Lake City and took Sherry to the Vanderbilt Hospital for chemo treatment. Came home, poor little thing, passed out in front seat of the car. I picked her up, carried her in, laid her down on the bed, got a sip of tea down her and a bite of cracker, passed out. Her mother said, Sinclair, I gotta talk to you. I said, okay. So she took me in the next room, she said, Sinclair, the doctor called me aside today and said, there's something in her body won't let that cancer go away. I said, okay. I guess I said, okay. And I'll turn around. I went back in the bedroom where Sherry was laying. And I took her hand. She was sound asleep. I said, Lord, if you'll take this cancer out of her body, I'll tell anybody to listen. And you out there in Podland, <laughs> you're one of them. Two days later, they took her back, and the cancer was gone. And 
Now, I want to make sure you understand, this had nothing to do with me. Because I'm the guy shaking my fist at the heavens, okay? It's not because I was faithful or I was good, because I'm not. Or I finally got my prayer life. People say, oh, you finally got your prayer right. No, it had nothing to do with me. I'm the guy shaking my fist at the heavens. How's this going for good? I'm the guy who, it wasn't because I was good or I don't have the gift of healing. It's called grace. God was demonstrating his grace and his mercy. So here's what I did, folks. And later on, I learned that when Sherry left the hospital that day, they told her, go and get your affairs in order. They sent my Sherry home to die. And I'm so glad she didn't because I would have blamed me for it to this day. Because I'm the one that went there and said, I think God wants us to have a baby. And if she'd have died of that, I don't know how I could have lived. So I said, Lord, what are you doing? What, why did you do it that way? Were you trying to teach me to trust? Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him. Hmm. Couldn't we have done this another way? <laughs> so today when Sherry and I have a problem, we say, what do we believe? And we take, we hold hands, we say, and I start a verse, trust in the Lord with all the heart, and she will lean not to that understanding, and all the ways acknowledge him. Now, therefore, we know that all things work together for good, and she'll say, for those who love the Lord, I'm called according to his purpose. So what, faith is not always getting what you want, yeah. but faith is believing that God is in control. God is sovereign, he's in control, and whatever he does is going to be okay because it's for his glory and ultimately for your benefit. Now, is that easy for us to accept? No. no. But Paul in Romans 1 says, down around the 13 or 14 verse, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God, for it's the power of God unto salvation. All those who believe, first it's you, then the Greek. For in it is revealed the righteousness of God. From faith to faith, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, that's one of the verses that turned Martin Luther around. The righteous shall live by faith. So I said, Lord, will you give me the grace to believe that, trust that, walk in that, and share that? Because it doesn't come natural. So what I'm trying to say to you folks is, if you don't know the Lord personally, you need to realize what you are. And you need to realize what he did. He took your place. For all those who will trust him, he took your place on the cross. He bore your sins, your shame, your guilt. And then you need to say, give me the grace to believe that, trust that, live that, and share that. And Greg, that's what I do all the time. I say, give me the grace. And grace, there's two definitions of grace. One is not getting what you deserve. And the other is God at work. All right? So Romans 8, 28, that's been my verse from, from now on, from then on. And uh, those who don't know Sinclair... Um, like I do, <laughs> I, I, I do know him pretty well. He hasn't been able to stop talking no. about this, about that, and about what Jesus has done for him, even if he wanted to. And I've, that's tr why, and I've tried. And I've tried to stop. He's tried to stop, and that is that is why he and I are doing this. And and the truth of the matter is, um, we have other things we could be doing. 
But this is this is his and my heartthrob, and that's why why we're doing it. Read Romans five. You know, I, I, we're rambling here a little bit, but you know, I was a, I would have embarrassed Bill Clinton. You know, I was a center of, and I think, how could God love something like me? But people, I want you to go to Romans five. Please go to Romans five. That's the first word. Now, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Then go down where it says, scarcely will a, will a man die for a good man. Maybe for a righteous man, one might die. And believe me, folks, neither one of those two people exist. All right, good and righteous in the flesh. But God demonstrated his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Christ died for us. And I said, that's the only way it could be. Because we're not good. We come into the world sinners. So please, people, try to listen to what we say and ask God to give you the, the grace to believe it. Thank you. Thank you. Putting up with me.